Merry Christmas. Well, we could do a lot better than that. Come on, Merry Christmas. There we go. All right, today I'm going to talk about, are you ready for this? Hope. The whole sermon is about hope. And I think we would say that hope may be in short supply. Hope may have been shoplifted from us. But this season, going into Christmas, we're going to talk about hope. It's something we need to remind ourselves of. Because I think the media, the attention, the, the, the news we look at today, it's our hope. There's a lot of hopeless things. And we have hope. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's stand today. We're going to read Romans, the book of Romans. It's not a Christmas passage, but it is a passage about hope. So turn to Romans. We'll put it up on the screen as well. Romans chapter eight, starting in verse 18. And along the way, I hope this uh, adds to the context. I'll kind of explain what's happening here because Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome. And he says this, he says, I consider that our present sufferings, And and anybody going through a hard time, anybody going through a hopeless situation, let us be reminded and encouraged here. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's hope. So no matter what's going on right now, that doesn't even compare with the glory that will come. That's hope. The next verse, verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God, that's us, to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration. And God knows this. So everyone knows this world is subject to frustration. Bad things happen. There are hope, hopeless things happening right now. And it's not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it in hope. Hope that what? Verse 21 says this. The creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay. We'll talk about that phrase a little later. And brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Skipping down to verse 24. Verse 24 says, For in this hope we were saved. Well, we were saved in this hope, the hope that God is going to do awesome things, hope that we as children of God get to be part of his inheritance that is coming. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, this morning, my my prayer is simple for myself, for all of us here, for all of us listening and watching online. Lord, would you increase our hope, so much hope inside of us that we have your hope to share with the dark world. Lord, your light is in this world. Lighten us up, Lord, to share your hope with the dark world. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou shouted. Amen. Amen. Wow, you guys, yes, good job. You may sit down. Wow, thank you. I hope today that this will be a prophetic message of hope for all of us. We have um, 
some really cool things happening to share the hope that we have in Jesus around this season leading into Christmas. And it has to do with a mailer that is going out. So you might not even know this, but when you give to New Life Manitou, we put that money towards things like outreach projects and serving things. And we have something here we're gonna do. So you don't even know this, I'm telling you. Uh, So next week, if you live in Manitou, and I think there's a little bit of surrounding West Side, you should get something in your mailbox from New Life Manitou inviting you to a Christmas Eve service. And so we're going to have two Christmas Eve services, four and six, to accommodate a whole bunch more people. And we are sending this out. So I need your help. This is exciting because uh, we're going to open our doors. We did a mailer years and years ago around Easter time and people came. People got like, there's something about getting a piece of mail nowadays that's not like an email that people will actually look at. And so my prayer over the these mailers going out, I think it's going out next week, is that we can share, New Life Manitou can share the hope of Jesus that we have. And people will come and hear about salvation and hear the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? So I need two things. I need you to keep giving to New Life Manitou. We have more ideas like this. We have more vision like this. We have personnel. We have volunteers. Uh, Sometimes what it comes down to is we we just need some more funds. So I'm asking you to keep giving faithfully to New Life Manitou and we can keep doing these things. We have a VBS thing we're looking at doing this summer. We have some more projects. We have, uh, that's what Vacation Bible School is for kids. And so keep giving to New Life Manitou. And for any of you that would consider this your church home, we would love to have you join our volunteer team to carry out two services on Christmas Eve. We'll need like a parking lot patrol. We need some more safety guys, like the two safety guys standing right. I see you guys uh, flexing back there. We'll need more kids to do two services. We'll, we'll have Our first service will be a kids ministry service. So we'll need lots of uh, kids helpers downstairs and we'll need welcoming crews and, and people to help and volunteer. So it's not too late. Go online, newlifemanitou.org, uh, newlifechurch.org, find Manitou, click on serve, fill out an application. And so we can share the hope that we have amongst us. Amen. All right. Let me get into the sermon today. Uh, I don't think we've ever began a sermon with a nerd alert, but if you know what to do, nerd alert. Okay. So nerd alert is when we get into something a little nerdy. Brett, I watched your sermon last week. He said the whole sermon's a nerd alert. We're not going to do any nerd alerts because the whole sermon was a nerd alert. And it was. It was a good sermon. And so the, this sermon, uh, the nerd alert will start off with a word you heard my wife say. It's an ancient Ara, uh, Aramaic word, Maranatha, which means come Lord. And the Latin, the ancient Latin for this, this phrase of come Lord is Adventus, which sounds a whole lot like Advent, this, this English word that we have, this time leading up into Christmas Day, and we celebrate Christmas. This time is when we are here and we look back and say, Jesus has come, God Himself, the creator of the world. We put like telescopes out into space and we look into darkness and we see more stars. That same God who created all that came to earth as one of us. And so we have hope in that. And we look at that and we remind ourselves, Christ has come. And here we are in the present, knowing that Jesus has saved us. And Advent always also has a tendency to like, we look forward, Christ is coming again. And so we share this hope that we have amongst us. And so there's different traditions when you get into Advent. Some, some churches say there's four Sundays in Advent and there's different themes, hope, peace, love, faith. Uh, what's the... 
uh, joy. And so, some churches say, oh no, we're going to do 40 days before Christmas, which would make it, depending on when the Sundays fall, there would either be five or six Sundays of Advent. There's different colors of Advent, purple, purple, pink, purple. There's different, uh, I don't know, themes. There's different things that Christians argue about on how they celebrate Advent, which I think, man, in this world, when there's a lot of like political fights and vaccines and masks and gun control, and uh, it's just all kinds of things we can argue about. I would love to go back to a simpler time and argue about Advent traditions. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Like, take me out to coffee and just give me an earful. Like, I think it should be peace, then joy, then love, and not joy, hope, and you're out of order. And like, yo, you're out of order. And I'll fight you right now. Let's arm wrestle. Like, oh, I would love to have Advent debates. Wouldn't you? A simpler time in Christian life. Anyways, let's move right along. First point is this. I have three-point sermon. First point is this. Let's avoid fake expectations, false hopes, and wrong definitions of hope. Let's, uh, this sermon's gonna start off low, like, like the false hopes that we have. It'll bring us up to Jesus. We'll, we'll heal our broken hopes. And then the sermon will end with point three about the hope that we have to share in Jesus. But this is the first point. If you're taking notes, write that down. That, that this is kind of a warning. Avoid fake expectations, false hopes, and wrong definitions of hope. Let me give you a definition for hope that I'm using in this sermon. It's this, we'll put it up on the, on the screen. The definition of hope is a faithful expectation for a certain thing to happen and a feeling of trust. It's a big deal. This, is, this connects hope and faith together. And we know that it's by faith that we are saved. And so hope isn't just this, like it's not just a word you put on a mushy little Christmas card. It's not like a wishing kind of hope. People talk, people loosely use the word hope and they cross their fingers and they say, I hope something will happen. Like uh, tonight, the Broncos will play. Any Broncos fans? I see, I see, I see, I see those hands. Um, the few, the amening. <laughs> they got a big game tonight. They're going to need a miracle tonight. And so the, we could loosely, you know, like cross our fingers. I hope the Broncos win. And that, that's one kind of wishing hope, but that's not the hope that I'm talking about in the sermon. There's another kind of hope that people lo use loosely and just like, oh, well, just be more optimistic. Just be more hopeful, like a blind optimism. And that's not the hope I'm defining here in this sermon. Another hope people loosely use use is, is like a, just be more happy, just be more happy slappy. So the, the hope I'm talking about in this sermon, it's not happy slappy. It's not blind optimism and it's not crossing your fingers wishing. The kind of hope I'm talking about, it has to do with faith and it's theological. If you want to turn there quickly, you can. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, a very famous passage. Some of you probably have this memorized. It's kind of the definition of faith. The author of Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that word substance, sometimes it's translated confidence, the assurance. You could say uh, faith is the title deed that we have, that what we hope for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That connects faith and hope, doesn't it? And, and we know uh, Ephesians 2 says it's, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And so we're saved. Like this hope and faith is what saves us in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by grace through faith. And what is faith? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And there's a lot of, to get to talk about this point, false expectations and false hopes out there, right? 
think we live in a world where, you know, the marketing thing and Christmas, I think we would all say, yeah, it's out of control. The marketing, the, 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 you know, the capitalism and Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and social media, you know, we log on and we look at people's pictures and they're filtered and they're poised and they're perfect. And we're like, oh, I wish, you know, my, you know, vacation was like, I wish my body was like that. I wish my vacation was like that. I wish, uh, whatever, like things, like I wish, and, and we all know, like those of us that like, we took our family photos, right? before we left uh, before Thanksgiving. And it was like a half hour of like, okay, everybody shut up and smile for the camera. And it was like, this is, this is what we do. Like we, we put on a quick smile, we take a photo and it looks like, oh, everything is perfect. When we know, because we were at the photo shoot, that it was screaming and yelling and like holding kids down, smile. That's like, this is like, but other people would look at that picture. You, you, some of you might get a Christmas card. Oh, look how perfect this family is. That perfect picture took a half hour of like screaming at kids and like forcing smiles into their little mouths. <laughs> so we have expectations. I'm saying this to like, we all have like, uh, like false expectations of some false reality of what we're hoping for. And I want to remind us that our true faith, our true hope is in Jesus, not in some filtered reality of things like, like the Christmas stuff and the capitalism and the marketing. Let me tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? All right, it's about getting a Christmas tree. Anybody get a real Christmas tree from the woods? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. So we, our church, our family, that's our church, our family, Kirkendall family tradition is to go out and cut a Christmas tree in the woods and bring it home. And, uh, and if you want to argue about that, I would love to argue about that once again. That's a great thing to argue about. What kind of Christmas tree we have? Anyways, so we, last year was a complete disaster getting four little boys in the car, driving up, getting the Christmas tree. There was all these expectations of like the perfect hike and the perfect tree and the perfect cutting and, and everyone gets to carry their own little saw. I was like, no way, it's dangerous. The hike was cold, it was slushy, it was wet. Kids were crying and then to top it off, we go to cut down the tree. We have four boys. One started cutting and we were all gonna take turns, right? One started cutting, the next one's turn, he started cutting, third one starts cutting and the tree was on a hill and the tree popped, broke loose and fell on the ground and the fourth boy did not get the chance to cut the Kirkendall Christmas tree last year. And then like, I won't say which boy it was, but the fits, the rage, the crying, the screaming, the expect, the wishful expectation of what this day was going to look like was smashed. And the screaming, if someone was looking on in the woods at what was going on, they would have thought there's a murder happening out here. And so this year, we were like, remembering what happened last year, this year on the way, so from Manitou to Woodland Park, the whole way, we had a conversation about what our real hope is in. And we said, you know, the Christmas tree, that's just a family tradition thing, bringing in a, a tree, it smells good, we decorate it, it's, it's a happy, it should be a happy family memory. And but what we really hope in is Jesus. We put our hope, he, I mean, it sounds cliche, but he is the reason for the season. We had this whole talk all the way up, going up Ute Pass about what we really hope in. And it worked. And everybody, like, things, somebody started like, well, this isn't, they start arguing about what Christmas tree we're gonna get. It's like, well, we're not really out here 
for the tree itself. We're out here because we have a hope in Jesus. And it was maybe silly as parents to keep reminding, but man, it worked. And it's what maybe we all need. So a practical idea for this time leading to Christmas is that remind yourself, keep reminding ourselves, our true hope is found in Jesus. And whatever brokenness you have, it can be healed by Jesus. So this is point number two, Jesus can mend and heal broken hope. Somebody say, thank you, God. Jesus can mend and heal broken hope. Whatever brokenness you have, whatever things are falling apart, Jesus can mend and heal that. Here's a question for you. Everybody think of something that's falling apart. What's falling apart? You could pretty much name anything in this world and that would be a right answer. You could say, well, my house is falling. This thing's falling. Someone who was just telling me about the water heater. I just broke on Thanksgiving day. Um, our minivan's not running very well. Our bodies, somebody say, oh yeah, like our bodies are falling apart. Our, uh, everything in this world is falling apart. Matter is decaying. Entropy, the laws of entropy, things are going to disorder. All the things of this world, even things that if we don't work on our marriage, we don't work on our family, we don't work on our friendships, those things are falling apart too. What is our hope? Jesus. Jesus can mend and heal broken hope. Turn back. This is the passage we read today when we were, when we were all standing. Romans 8.21 says, The creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Remember I said we would talk about that phrase? Bondage to decay. The world is decaying and bondage is like slavery. The world is in slavery to this decay that's happening. But it will be brought into freedom and glory. That is our hope. That while this world, there is suffering, there is brokenness. Our hope is that just as Jesus came, God himself came to this earth. He is coming again. And he is now actively mending and healing brokenness and broken hope. Hope is like an anchor that we have. We are a ship in the wind and hope anchors us down. Even when we're going through hell, this hope in Jesus anchors us. And what Jesus wants, what God wants is our full hope. He doesn't want us to just sprinkle hope onto our life. He doesn't want us just to have hope as a decorative cherry on top. No, he wants our whole life to be put into him, found in him, every area of our life. Say amen. amen. This is what we hope for, that Jesus will make all things right. Point number three is this. We have hope in Jesus that we can share. We have hope in Jesus that we can share. And I think as soon as we start looking for hope and hopeful things and Jesus at work, we will start seeing it. It's like when you start to look for something, you see it more often. Uh, my four little boys, every time we get in the car and go somewhere, they're always on the lookout for a cool car. It's like a cool car alert. They'll see a cool car. It's a cool car. It's where, where, where? Oh, right there. It's a blue one. Yeah. And a cool car in their definition is any car that just kind of looks fast. So if it looks fast, it might not be fast, but if it looks fast, that's a cool car. And so they're all, every time we go on a drive, they're like, cool car. Dad, look at that cool car. And Theo's like, where? I can't see. He's the littlest one. There it is, Theo. Look at it. Oh yeah, cool car. Cool. And he says, that's what they're looking for when they're out driving. And I think if we get into this intention of looking for hope, 
looking for what Jesus is doing, we're gonna see it a whole bunch more. In this time of Advent, looking to Christmas, if we start looking for hope and true hope, Jesus at work, gosh, we are gonna find it. We are gonna see it amongst us at New Life Manitou. We're gonna see it at our workplaces. We're gonna see it in this city, amen? So we have a hope to share. This is point number three. We have a hope in Jesus that we can share. And this is how we share it. We share it in the same way that Jesus did. Think about the way he came. This is the time where we talk about the Christmas story, the nativity, and Jesus coming, being born, placed into a manger. Humble means Jesus, it said, did not come to be served. Like he wasn't this king on high wearing purple and people are uh, serving him with their riches and he was on this uh, mighty throne. No, the way he came into the world was actually through humble means. He came to serve. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And in that same way, when we share hope, if you want to know what to do and how to do it, we'll do it like Jesus would do it. Share hope in a humble way. Give of yourself. You want to be happy this season leading into Christmas? If you want to be filled in this season leading to Christmas, well then give. It's like this riddle, this mystery that if you want full life, you need to empty yourself. This is what Jesus teaches us to do. So one of the ways that, that we're gonna do this, share our hope, this kind of leads itself into a very practical um, announcement for this Saturday. So this Saturday is the Manitou Springs Christmas Parade. And so every year, we didn't do it last year, but years before that, New Life Manitou gets afloat in the, in the Manitou Christmas Parade. And so this Saturday, we will have a float and we will go through the city. We have speakers. Erica's gonna lead worship. We'll have a band singing the praises, Christmas songs of Jesus through Manitou on Manitou Ave. And it'll be like, I have this picture of like the walls of, like the Israelites going around Jericho and then like the walls fall down. Hopefully like Manitou's not gonna fall down, but spiritually thinking, like the walls that people have put up in their lives, the false hopes, the false expectations that people have as we go through the city, a prophetic declaration of the Lord's work among us being sung over the city. And so we're gonna go out and we're gonna hand out hundreds and hundreds of invitations to people to come to our church. We'll have those two Christmas Eve services. So what we need is your help. So downstairs today, uh, we're gonna have a stapling party. We're gonna staple little candy canes to our Christmas Eve invitations. And then we're also gonna need a whole bunch of people on Saturday, so meet here at 4.45. We'll send out emails of the details. So if you're not on our email list, make sure you fill out one of those cards and update your email so you should get the emails of the details. But what we are going to do is share our hope. Share the hope that we have in Jesus, that, 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 that he is here and he is working and he will come again. He will make all things right. Creation itself is aching and waiting for all things to be made right. And that's what Jesus is going to do. Somebody say, I have a hope. You do. We do. We're going to share it. Let me end with this. And then Brett will lead us to the table of communion. Psalm 121. It's the psalm found. It's one of the psalms of ascent. And it says that I lift my eyes to the hill, the hills. And the psalmist asked this question, where does my help come from? Where is hope? Anyways, what am I going to do? Where does my help come from? And this psalm answers its own question. It says, it says, in the name of the Lord, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it goes on to say, he won't let you 
your foot slip. Amen. He will watch over you. He will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is watching over you and he's a good, holy God. Let's pray as we close. Would you bow your heads with me? The band can come forward. They're going to lead us in a song uh, declaring what it is we believe. So Lord, we prepare our hearts for communion. We prepare our, um, our minds. Lord, we have a hope inside of us. And when we receive these elements of the bread and the cup, Lord, we're receiving you. We're receiving your work inside of us. So Lord, this, we, we believe that your table is open for anyone that believes in you, Jesus. And so Lord, we receive from you this message of hope leading into Christmas. Lord, we receive it, we believe it, and we put our faith in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.